Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So um, I think our next task is to just think about specific texts, if sure. that is possible. As you noted, mm -hmm. this is a wide frame. And you've just done Origins of the West now. You haven't done Western Imagination. Not yet. Okay, yeah. we'll wait on that. So right. with, with Origins of the West, again, in terms of the value of having these common texts, common conversations, part of what we looked at in the reading list were texts that seemed to work really well at generating conversation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So So it's a kind of inductive model where folks in some of the new texts, maybe workshop it. Like I'll just teach this a semester and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, but then really trying to get a reading list that, uh, that no matter who's teaching the course is going to hopefully lead to some of these great conversations. Right. So, right. so the, yes. the, the comment yes. and another thing we did is shrink some of the common reading list okay. in order to allow professors to have a bit more flexibility with what they want to do with the course in terms of yes. adding readings in terms of, or, or just spending longer on text. Exactly. Yes. Right. And and uh, yeah, I don't know if this is relevant, but what tends to happen is that in more advanced sections, mm -hmm. like sections with students who have had better high school experiences or better preparation for this, it tends to be adding texts. Right. Right. It's like right. like okay, oh wow, so so you're you're doing this deftly. So let me throw some more stuff at you mm -hmm. with students who have had maybe less opportunities in high school, less experience dealing with complex texts. It tends to be more, okay, we're just going to spend a bit more time on this to really help you in this practice of reading, interpreting. Um, and I think that both, both, both approaches work really well. Yes. They, 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 they retain that commonality so that students across sections are having these conversations roughly around the same time. So I'm looking at the 2019 Origins Reader. Yeah, I think that's so the most current. Still one. in play. Right. And I just want to note of it that there are 170 pages or so, more than that, 170-something pages. But a half of it, half of it, close to half of it, is Mount Faculty seeming to set up a framework. Correct. Yes. And that's very interesting thing to do. So what you're saying is now your main, I don't want to say your main concern, but one of your key concerns in this is not simply, is not unifying the course simply by throwing texts out and say, deal with these texts, mm -hmm. but actually helping faculty or faculty coming to an agreement on the framework for dealing with texts. Yes. And I should note that you know, that's much harder. No, that, right. Plan two that I noted, getting faculty to agree on a framework to deal with texts is much, much harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Which, is you, why, which is why later in the court kind of goes away. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Right. But well, which, later in the. Well, I won't add this, but yeah, later in the civilization sequence, it just disappears. Right, right, like, right, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you can't agree on one common reading for modernity for crying out loud. Even or even an essay on why modernity is so hard to define, right? Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. re everyone read that in the semester, then do whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> okay, so the, anyway, that's a very interesting collaborative activity or effort that never ends. No, it doesn't. In fact, I was just about to say that we probably need to re-edit that text right. again in the next year or so, you know, just to tweak a few things, right? Right. Um, right. To, to, to make some of this superstructure that you find in the syllabus more evident. Though, though, again, you do have the kind of move from the polytheistic imagination to the monotheistic imagination. Mm -hmm. um, and then there, there are contextual chapters on various periods mm -hmm. um, that we're studying. In the texts in this reader, Funeral Oration, The Plague, Early History of Rome, Book of Exodus, Book of Mark, those are the common texts? So, yeah, I'll, get, okay. I'll go to All the common right. texts. Yeah, yeah. So, right. so some of these common texts are found in the reader. Some of the common texts are purchased. Mm -hmm. um, again, part of the challenge in re-editing it was uh, cutting some things that 
you know, might have worked really well for one professor, but not for everyone. Mm -hmm, and so, so mm -hmm. to, give that, to give them the freedom to use that. So, mm -hmm. um, so everyone does Pericles funeral oration, okay. right? Um, everyone does a Greek tragedy. Most folks still do Antigone. Um, I've actually started doing Antigone plus Oedipus the King because the two oh, work wow. a really good wow. yeah. dialogue together. Yes. Um, yes. But but some some Greek tragedy of their choice. Mm -hmm. Most people do Antigone. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, parts of the Aeneid at very least that the kind of Dido and Aeneas arc that mm. gets to this tension between you know your duty or your call from heaven versus nice. your own personal interests. Right. Um, right. Gasira's lute, which is an epic of West Africa. Um, we then have what's yeah. Uh, oh, uh, a section of reading. So then, yes, turning the monotheistic imagination, then the book of Exodus, the gospel according to Mark, and a series of readings from Islam. So some excerpts from the Quran, excerpts from the Hadith. Um, and that, that, that the, the Muslim readings are the newest ones, right? right We've been doing right. the Hebrew Bible and the Christian Bible probably mm -hmm. forever. But, mm -hmm. um, but, but adding that third Category and a lot of students say that they found that the most interesting because they have they never read that before, right? right. Um, right. To say that look mm -hmm. the, oh, and uh, I need to give credit here to Michaela Granger, one of our oh, teachers yes. in yes. Origins of the West, because yes. the section of the Quran that she suggested, because she had taught it in her own classes and it worked really well, is the section where uh, is talking about the Prophet Jesus. And how he's born of the Virgin Mary and how he is unlike any other prophets because he's born just by the direct will of God. Right. And so it's like, 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 let's be clear. Right. Muslims don't worship Jesus. They don't think he's God. But like a particular lot of Christian Catholic students are kind of weirded out by that. Like, wait, I, I had no idea that mm, Muslims mm -hmm. revere Jesus as mm -hmm. being you know, conceived supernaturally to the blessed Virgin Mary. Like, yeah. Like, so, so again, like, like maybe seeing their own presuppositions about another ah, culture or religion, right. Get tweaked right, a bit. Right. Um, right. And then uh, yeah. Dante's Purgatorio is oh, still a common text. Is that right? Yes. And that's historically probably where you end at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so, wow. so the, the Commedia Dante dies in 1321. The Commedia is set in the year 1300. Yeah, as a moral theologian, I always think purgatory is far more, most interesting part of that. Right. Right. And <laughs> it you know, really this, is. Cause I, you have struggles still, right? People. Right. Have, I, I can't take yeah. credit for this. This was, yeah. this was already a common text when I got here, Yeah. but it made so much sense in the world to me. Like now, yeah. of course I give them a bit of reading from Inferno to kind of frame it. Sure. Um, but one, we do have a lot of students who read Inferno in high school, mm, right? Mm. Far fewer students who read Purgatorio or the entire really? Commedia. Really? Far really. fewer, right? Mm. If they've read any Dante, it's Inferno, mm. right? Mm. And uh, in terms of justifying Purgatorio, uh, two years ago, I attended a conference, uh, no, about three years ago. Again, mm -hmm. the pandemic messes with your mind. Um, three years ago, I attended a conference on teaching Dante at Samford University down in Alabama. Yes. Um, nice Baptist liberal arts Been there. university. Yes. And talking with one of their professors about this. And so I always share this. This is, this is a Baptist professor at a Baptist university. Okay. So, yes. so I'll just lean on his authority here because mm -hmm. he teaches Dante regularly in their core. And so like, so what do you do as a Protestant Christian with purgatorio? Yeah. And he said that, well, you know, in a lot of Christian, a lot of reformed or Protestant traditions, you make a distinction between say salvation and sanctification, mm, right? Mm, so, so even mm -hmm, if, mm -hmm. you know, yes. salvation is a totally free gift from God, you don't need to do anything to deserve it, blah, 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 blah. You can still grow in holiness. Right. You, should, yes. you should still want to grow in holiness. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, 
So what purgatory is? Purgatory is the only canticle that's in our world, right? It's not below the earth. It's not up in the heavens. That's interesting. It's set on an island on the opposite side of the globe from mm -hmm. Africa, Asia, and Europe, right? Mm -hmm. um, it has time. It has the sunrise, the sunset. And people go through this process of realizing what sin is, what mm -hmm. specific mm -hmm. sins are, and turning from them to the mm -hmm. good to show their true selves. It's like, that's yeah. the process of sanctification, yeah. right? Oh, that the, the purgatorio yeah. is our own life. Mm -hmm. And I also like to take it to a, like a secular level in terms of self-help, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. regardless of your religious or philosophical background, presumably there are things you do that are not good for you, mm -hmm. right? That, that, that you want to get, or things that you want to get better at. Mm -hmm. So purgatorio, that's what this is all about, right? No. Of, wow. of, of having this perspective saying, look, there's something in me that isn't good mm -hmm. or that isn't as good as it should be. Mm -hmm. And what do I then do to turn from that to some better version of myself? Um, and just looking at the data from this last semester, right? We had over 400 students take this quiz yes. across all these sections and that the overwhelming uh, about a quarter of them listed Dante as their favorite text from the semester. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, yeah. it could be because they read it the most recently, right? You yes. can factor in all yeah. the sort of caveats, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, I think that it hits a lot of these big questions. Also, the fact that Dante, as a Christian, is being led by a pagan, Virgil, mm. right? Mm -hmm. You then get that, mm -hmm. that double vision of mm -hmm. you got this great pagan antique tradition. What do you do with it, though, as a monotheist, yes. right? What wisdom does mm -hmm. it offer? Mm -hmm. And how does, how does understanding cultures beyond that of the Judeo-Christian affect our understanding of what goes on within that culture, right? Because, yeah. because these, these, these traditions outside of our own do have something to teach us. And that's the, the, the whole medieval project of synthesis, right? St. Right. Thomas Aquinas is reading pagans and Jews and Muslims yes. as well as Christians, right? Yes. It's like this is something that we should still be doing. And right. anyway, and, that's what but, I And the other thing to say <laughs> about a quarter of them saying that text is it as you said before, I'm just, I'm just proposing this as a, you know, thought experiment that it could be a different text, but what that does similar things, but what Dante, as you describe it, does is it helps them apply the things they've done previously in the semester. I think so. They, so. they might feel more capable of reading Dante than they did of uh, Antigone or something sure. like that. Because I, I'd, I'd they worked so. on that, on yeah. the various things that you've talked about, the goals of the course, developing their imagination, stepping outside of themselves, imagining different worlds. And they've worked on this for a semester and they read Dante and it works. Yeah. yeah also, also because of Dante's perspective as you know, a very modern author, right? Because mm. he casts him, he casts uh, a fictional version of himself as the protagonist of the Commedia, Dante the Pilgrim. Right. And the first right. line, nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita, mi retrovai per una selva scura, right? Like midway along the pilgrimage of our life, right? He used mm. the first person plural. So, mm. so it, it, mm. you know, the allegory is very thin there. It's like yeah. you can read yourself. It's an everyman sort of character. You can right, read every right. person. You can read yourself yeah, as going on that nice. same journey mm. through hell, purgatory, mm. and up to the heavens with mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, this is an aside. I was just uh, listening to to Paige Hochschild, Dr. Hochschild, mm -hmm. discussing with a student Augustine's Confessions. And it's very similar. Yeah. Right. There's no way. You think Dante got it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Leave that back. So, okay. So what are the, let's talk about some of the other texts then. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. And I'll just. Yeah. Well, while, in. while we're in origins of the West. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you want to. If sure. You want to. So, um, you know, Pericles funeral. And again, I do stuff before Pericles, right? Okay. I have them read 
parts of the Iliad. I have them mm-hmm. read some of Confucius' Analects. I know that other people do things like um, ancient Chinese romance of the Three Kingdoms or, um, or say, like earlier myths. Something that I've started doing is like first week of the semester, have them do a little research project, mm-hmm. um, which sort of destabilizes, but that in a good way. I adapt this differently differently for like honor sections yes. versus general population. Yes, essentially, no, that's great. That like, is great. Like just find out something about a pagan pantheon, an ancient mm. pantheon, mm. and just give me your favorite god. Yeah, right. Nice. No, that's great. Right. That's great. Um, and yeah. they had this conversation about polytheism. So, how but uh, anyway, I'm going to interrupt my sure. my own question as you're answering it, and just ask. I'm not saying you do do this because it probably doesn't happen every year. But if you're in the middle of this, you're leading in that section, the beginning of the course, leading up the even the funeral oration, mm-hmm. and you're getting dazed looks, and you feel like you have to explain why they're reading these things. What do you say? I think that I set up the course, well, again, it's first day of the semester, lots of us do this. Let's just talk about the syllabus, right? Mm, mm-hmm. And having those big questions on the syllabus right. sort of Fair sets enough. their mind, right? Fair Fair and yes. something that I use, uh, Richard Weaver has an essay in which he talks about all cultures having a quote-unquote tyrannizing image, mm-hmm. right? It's so like some sort of image in the center of a culture from which all its values flow, yep. right? Yep. So, so like, this is what a human being should be. Mm-hmm. So on the first day, to talk about well, like, what's the... What's what are some tyrannizing images of America right now? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. to be as wealthy as possible and yeah, you know, okay, do whatever you want, right? Nice. Right. And, and nice. So, but, but then students, I think, naturally start then questioning that, right? Mm-hmm, like, like, mm-hmm. well, no, some have more of a bougie sort of idea. Like, you know, not to get too rich, but just have like a comfortable house in the suburbs with 2.5 kids, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but 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 as students discuss this, we start to see that, you know. These are images, right? These are mm-hmm. imagined goods mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. one might not be possible for everyone, or two yes. might not even be desirable for everyone, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. So, so right. that's what yes. sets, sets, I think, yes. a good standard in no, terms that's of the discourse. Great. That's great. That's um, great. Nice. So, so back to the original goals. One existential question that comes up is, why are we here? Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. Well, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why do you want? To become mm-hmm. a doctor because your parents are doctors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. live in a house in the Jersey suburbs. Why do you want that? Okay, just to repeat that point then. Back <laughs> to your all your goals. And what we did was we got into or I introduced the idea of the undergraduate mission. Yes. Because all the cultural stuff you talked about and the sort of stepping back and seeing ourselves from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And then I... Then we talked about going outside of yourself and all that's kind of can coalesce, doesn't have to, mm-hmm. for an existential question. Why am I sitting in this chair? Yes. Yeah. Wow. 